Welcome and namaste to the Golden Child Podcast, the podcast to help you to reconnect with your inner child, to live the life you truly desire. And here's our awesome intro. Welcome back, guys. Today, we have uh, Jürgen Kern as our guest, and thank you for coming. And Jürgen is actually the husband of our previous guest. And as, as I said in our uh, previous uh, episode, I'm following the breadcrust, actually asking our guest, uh, who is the person closest to you that you admire the most? And I'm actually inviting this very person to the Golden Child podcast. Welcome, Jürgen. Thank you so much for coming. Mm, welcome. Thank you for the welcome, Holly. It's nice to meet you. Thank you so much, Jürgen. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? So you basically tell us a little bit about your story, uh, who you are, where you're from, your nationality, and do it in a most authentic and genuine view. Sure, I will gladly do so. So, as you already said, my name is Jürgen Kern. I'm soon to be 56 years uh, old now in a couple of days. Uh, actually, because you were referring to Jill, uh, Jill Oxter, uh, Kern, you had a couple of days ago in your show. Uh, I met actually Jill later in life. And interesting enough, let's say on a spiritual retreat in Sonoma, US. So as a consequence, I'm born German, she's born American, and we find our ways to come together in Sonoma, US. Uh, actually, also, we, we returned to marry there uh, some years later. This in itself would be certainly also great stories to talk about. Uh, but at the very end, um, it was a, a really uh, heartwarming kind of experience uh, after, call it a first failed marriage, um, uh, and quite some time of soul searching, of working on your minor core healing, developing more and more my authentic self, growing as a spiritual being in a human form. Uh, when and uh, when I was ready, Jill showed up, and that's how we met. That at at this one day uh, at the workshop. This was back in January two thousand eight. Wow! And since then, we have had a, a great, wonderful, enriching journey together. And she's definitely the best partner at my side. Uh, in, at my side in this life, uh, uh, um, I could wish for. Personally, uh, uh, I, I was I was born in in Nuremberg, Germany. I grew up in a village close to the town in a household with three women. Mm. Uh, I'm half orphan. My mother died rather early on. My father was only there at the weekends. I was raised Catholic. Okay. So uh, I became early on even an altar boy. Wanted to be a priest uh, back as a child. Um, interesting enough, huh? it's maybe not so often. Then there was this passion for music since my early beginnings. Uh, first, it was my voice. I lost my voice over the years. Then it okay. went to guitar. Uh, um, I almost ended up in the so-called Regensburger Domspatzen, which is a kind of a church voice choir, very famous internationally, but finally refused to go. And instead, I picked up the guitar. I became a rocker, a hard rocker, <laughs> extended quickly also to soul, to funk, to jazz. I had a great teacher in high school, saxophone player learning about harmony, melody, and this has become really a part of my, 
my journey and my journey ever since. Professionally, um, I have earned a master's degree in business administration. I started in the media industry. I went up into the internet scene back in 2001, the first bubble that broke. Uh, the company I was working for was bought up. Uh, and um, soon I was working, let's say, for one of the biggest European banks nowadays. I moved to Paris, um, which was a great city back then. A kind of a really fresh breath of air for my soul in the days and fully emerged in a kind of completely different culture, not German, but but French. And my job led me really to missions and contacts around the world, like London, New York, San Francisco, Hawaii, Lux Luxembourg, Geneva, Vienna, Rome, Lisbon, Brussels, Stockholm, the Nordics, Kiev, even Moscow, Istanbul, Casablanca, Cairo, Mumbai. So quite some also inter wow. intercultural experiences with quite diverse uh, cultures, right? And um, nevertheless, it was the international environment in Belgium where Jill and I moved back in the days and together um, there where I, let's say, found a way also to go into it uh, beside my day job in a different direction or opening up to another topic and dwell into a kind of a structured coaching education uh, besides my job as a manager in a kind of a post-merger integration setup in, in the procurement and purchasing environment. So in a nutshell, with a lot of words, this is Jürgen. I love it. And uh, listen, how would you define yourself? What is the, uh, if you could describe what you're doing inside the company in uh, one sentence, what would it be? I'm a bridge builder. Love it. Okay. And it's building bridges between cultures. My team is extremely diverse in terms of nationalities. Um, I've worked on an international scale, but still, even if I'm back nowadays in Germany, uh, we have quite some, uh, let's say, international collaborations with India, with Paris, of course, uh, um, with uh, within Germany, of course, as well. Um, but the exchange also with Singapore, with London. So it's it's always building bridges, facilitating exchanges of communication between people um, um, and making sure people understand each other because sometimes you know you hear people talking and it's talking like this the one is talking this direction the other is talking this and they do not really meet and met and this is let's say really a not small part of my job nowadays to make sure people talk to each other in the right way and finding common ground multicultural um Communication is so important, especially, you know, after globalization and, uh, you know, everyone talks about we have different ways of expresses, expressing ourselves. And, uh, you know, if if you look at Italy, the way we talk, we, you know, beat around the bush a lot. We don't get straight to the point, unfortunately. But and uh, that's why actually I was uh, I grew up in a uh English environment, you know, basically all my uh, my BA, MA, and also my MBA, Master in Business Administration, were all in English, and I uh, spent a lot of times in uh, the UK, in America, and Canada, and that helped me to, I would say, differentiate mm -hmm. from the, I would say, the average Italian. Mm -hmm. I, I like going straight to the point, really, compared to a lot of Italians. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, it all depends, you know, like uh, also Arab people, because I studied Arabic as well, you know, they get to get around, around, you know, they're very descriptive, it's a very descriptive language, and for that, we need to respect that, and when we work with these people, we need to build bridges, I just say, okay, this is how we work, here's how we work, let's see if we can connect the gaps between these people. And let me ask you this. So uh, you're a certified coach, and I know that you did your uh, coaching training in French. But it's interesting because you're German. So the first language is German. Then you speak uh, French. But you also have a good level of Dutch. So I'm going to like rephrase the questions that I prepared and how. So your coaching training was in French. How? How did it help you to become a better coach? Also, uh, because we were talking about that also, expressing our emotions in a language which is not yours. True. I mean, um, it's already interesting, let's say, for a German to be a French expert in a Belgium environment. So I was sitting on a mission there and I had a, a great experience post-merge integration trying to bring people together, integrating organizations in a bigger group, uh, but organizations means also people. Yeah. So uh, as a consequence, the concept in Belgium is you have French, you have Dutch, uh, you have even German as part of the official languages, but at the, at the very end, everyone is allowed to ex uh, express them or the, uh, themselves in their own uh, language, and the other is allowed, let's say, to respond uh, most of the time in, an, in his his her own native language, as long as that the other side is able to understand it, which is usually the case in Belgium. Now, um, I had the opportunity there to, to dwell into a, a coaching experience through what they call peer, peer coaching, which means the company I was working for opened the, say, the possibilities, support the managers to support them as a peer group. And they brought in an external coaching school and facilitators in order, let's say, to uh, instruct certain concepts and ideas. And because it's, let's say, Belgium, they did uh, um, that uh, in either Dutch or in French. So they weren't offering anything in German, unfortunately. They haven't offered anything in English, but Dutch or French. Because I was living for eight years in Paris before, and I was, uh, let's say, really... Uh, emerging uh, into the whole Paris experience. And in, in, if you work in France, you need to speak French, otherwise you're dead. Yeah. Um, awesome. I, I, let's say, uh, at least mastered a certain level. And I said, okay, if I, I'm not yet able to do that in Dutch, even I have Dutch classes, and Dutch is maybe close to a certain extent to German, but my French was good enough to say, I'm, I'm doing a try in, in French. And it was a really great experience because as you outlined very well, your personality or the personalities in you come across differently yeah. so as a consequence you you might be in french maybe a bit softer and a bit more eloquent you talk more about emotions you know but uh in german it might be more direct more more, more to the point in english it, again it's, it's 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 a different game i mean it was even let's say for jill when she in the beginning came to europe for me leaving let's say her home country us behind uh she fell in love with uh a German Frenchman, yeah, because I was living in, in France, I was uh, immersed in the French culture. We moved to Belgium, the environment changed already, and some of my French uh, friends already said, You start to have a Belgian accent. But nowadays, we're living in Germany, 
I'm back in my home turf, in my country. And of course, the German element comes more across, maybe more direct, more quicker, more to the point. So it's nevertheless, let's say the circumstances and maybe even doing this, uh, this coaching class in French has helped me a lot. Maybe even talk uh, more about emotions in a different way than I would have done in German. Uh, which one is more maybe, maybe like you? Like uh, if you could like connect uh, a language to your inner child, uh, like uh, uh, from a percentage point of view, which one is more like you? French part, Dutch part, German and English. Um, to, to be honest, I will decline that the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because at the very end, uh, for me, nowadays at least, language doesn't matter so much anymore. Whatever works, French, English, German, um, you know, it's a lot of communication is also nonverbal. So as a consequence, uh, I do not consider myself as German-German anymore. I German, yes, I'm a German citizen. Yes, I'm German. Let's say I have German roots. But at the very end, I've traveled the world quite a lot. Let's say I've lived in different environments. I've been, let's say, to Istanbul, which is different to the Ukraine, which is different to the US, which is different to... Um, and I'm married to an American who has German roots from uh, the father's side. Um, language is find a way of communicating. So I wouldn't say that my inner child or, or my, my authentic self does have a specific language that I Interesting. connect with or let's say is representing that. I like I like the idea. I would say they're all part of us. Okay. There is a I don't know part of you which is English, a part of you which is Dutch, a part of you. Maybe they are equally distributed. That's a, a very interesting concept uh, that I never thought about. Uh, and I'm glad that I actually invited you here. You're actually the first uh uh we can call call you hyper polyglot in the in the in the podcast. <laughs> uh actually I want to share this with you. So the hyper polyglot is a uh basically a an association, okay, where I'm actually uh part of and it's a Uh, mm -hmm. basically people that speak multiple languages, six up to, I don't know, even 20 languages. They're, you know, they reunite, uh, they share their languages there and they do what you do. They build bridges between languages. It's a very nice environment really to grow. Uh, let me ask you this further question about, okay, so you said that you're actually offering uh, coaching inside the company, okay? I love the idea of peer coaching, uh, which for me, it looks like mentorship, you know? I have, uh, I don't know, X amount of experience, maybe more than you. I'm going to help you to bridge the gaps, uh, share what I know in exceptional situation uh, and help you to get there faster compared to me. Um, so who is your ideal client inside the company that you work for can you describe this person what it looks like what he does what are his goals or her goals or may also the nationalities i would say that's quite important well let me put it like this i don't see that at least nowadays that there is the ideal client it would even Even stay a little bit away from the label client, um, because at the very end, I currently work for 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 a company, and uh, I use my work context 
to help and develop uh, my team members or um, uh, um, let's say clo close people. Uh, the mentoring is something I do, uh, but this would be not necessarily for peers. For peers, it would be really pe uh, rather peer coaching because you know your 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 equals and mentors rather someone who might let's say guide you, help you navigate certain let's say uh, depths, let's say of an organization or let's say certain challenges, as you said, rightfully so, to arrive maybe quicker to a certain goal and giving already certain elements of uh, finding a goal quicker. Whereas a coach for me is more. Uh, being with a neutral mind and neutral ground uh, and uh, showing a mirror and working with a person to develop, let's say, their own strength, their own goals, their own paths and overcome uh, their own hurdles. So okay. as a consequence, what I do nowadays, uh, maybe some talented people in, in, in my organization or let's say in close parts of the organization, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coaching Um and to help them on their professional, on the one side, as well as personal development path. So um, this is the reason why also uh, I don't have an additional, let's say, uh, pay out of that. It's it's not in addition to my salary. And that's the reason why I say it's not a client, at least today. Okay. You know, it okay. might be different if I'm opening them up also to the outside, to the outside world. Um, and um, for a moment, I'll put away my hat as manager. And I sit there with a different hat, being a coach or a mentor. So going there with a more neutral mind and helping the person to to on their own path with their own mechanisms, their own strategies, their own yeah. ideas. Okay. Uh, you said something about maybe bringing your on your side hustle or what you're doing for the company to help uh, develop better people. Uh, in your future, are you considering, I don't know, maybe a current coaching business becoming a reality? Have you ever thought about that? Um, Especially with Jill, that she's also an entrepreneur, and I'm pretty sure that she pushed you to do something like that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, she does, of course. She, she's doing that every day because, I mean, she, uh, Jill is an entrepreneur. She has ideas. You know, she wants to teach. She wants to bring ideas in the world. She wants to also change, let's say, perception of people on certain topics. So, of course, let's say she is a very, very big influencer in my life. I mean, nowadays still I have that full-time job and it's demanding, but also gratifying and rewarding. Um, so as a consequence, of course, now, uh, as I said earlier, I'm 56, I'm getting to 56. More and more, I already think about what's the what's the next step. You know, do I really want to do that in a, in a corporate environment for the rest of my life? Probably not. Let's say uh, stepping out, doing something else, exploring, being between different continents is you know, the U.S. on one side. Let's say at least Germany or Europe on the other side um, is certainly let's say something that starts to have its reflection also with Jill. I mean, there's the music element uh, that's still out there. Um, Yes, I have thought about uh, the whole current coaching, and uh, I might even, let's say, as a side hustle, st uh, uh, start to to do that a little bit more because it's certainly, nevertheless, a different setup doing that in the company. Let's say with a company in mind, um, even if you work with a person on their personal issues to a certain extent, if they're willing and open enough to open to open themselves to uh, a coach or let's say a mentor. Uh, uh, and let's say being a, a really neutral person for in a personal life situation or even executive coaching where um, 
you uh, you don't have really a role to play within the organization. But this is certainly, let's say, on on my mind. Uh, Jill is even putting the ideas. Ah, oh, you should write about your your experiences, the intercultural ones. You know, your own life story, the whole integrating maybe a spiritual path as well as professional path, the whole coaching, how that brings stuff together, the whole music element to that. Could we do some workshops together? Why don't you write a book on X, Y, Z? So there's a lot of elements out there. I mean, Jill has already published uh, her bunch of books and uh, even great books. Uh, so um, for the moment, I'm still participating in some of her uh, projects and st- uh, try to support her, but potentially and gradually I'd say that that might shift and uh, there might be something like current coaching or whatever in the future. Step by step. So uh, Janine, which actually was the, re- the very reason why I was able to connect with uh, Jill uh, later on, said that the transformation of a human being has to be sustainable. When you're ready, you'll do the big jump. It doesn't matter the age, where you are, your background, your experience, where you're ready, you're just feeling your gut, you know, your Manipura uh, chakra or whatever you want to call it, just absolutely. You just do it. You just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you see that even, let's say, in my, my own path, because, uh, you know, I told you earlier, I was coming out of a, a failed marriage. Uh, I had to go through a lot, let's say, to develop coming out, let's say, that the wounds, the emotions, uh, to do their own work and when you're ready, then there's transformation and then things happen. And this is yeah. when Jill showed up, right? Uh, so same now. I mean, there are things, let's say, that fall into place. And I uh, I have really a lot of trust in that step by step by step. There are uh, new paths that might open, others might close. But uh, it always going in a, in, a, in a great direction. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jürgen. And uh, let's see. You said something about writing. Imagine that a publisher is coming, you know, into your house and say, I, uh, I love your story, uh, what you have to share to this world. What would you write about? What would be the book about? What is something that you're like, you feel like you're got to, gosh, that would be a very interesting book. Look, uh, l- looking back um, with all different teachers or coaches, facilitators, uh, reading, um, let's say, uh, encounter a lot of different topics uh, on on the one side. So I have quite some experience, let's say, I can draw from. On the other side, if I look at the world today, so many people are lost. I mean, we're living in an age of worry, of fear, of anger, of greed, of fate that is considered truth, of wars, of catastrophes, of pressure in time, money, inflation. Uh, So the the whole question is, will there be still golden times to come or at the end times? And and at the very end, and this was a kind of an interesting experience uh, I had when I was with Jill uh, uh, at a workshop in Omega, US. There's a kind of, let's say, uh, an interesting spiritual growth uh, training center. And uh, there were a lot of men that were sitting around there they, they, they felt to me they were lost, you know? So what does that mean to be a man in this world? So be either strong and overcompensating or being laughed at for being a weak with a thin body or even too, too chubby. What does it really mean, manhood? Uh, do you already have to be strong, not crying, aiming for money, have a big house, have a big car? On the other spectrum, uh, boys who never grow up have not found yet their passion, purpose, 
morphing maybe potentially even more into kind of a stereotype of traditionally rather feminine attributes or starting overall simply escaping the world various via mechanisms like alcohol, drugs, pot, whatever. So to a certain extent, we as men are lost and want to be found. And uh, I think it's even better if we find ourselves. So Jill had a dear friend um, who helped her in her transition, her journey coming from Europe, uh, coming to Europe from the US and being with a man she just met at a spiritual retreat in San Francisco, the Bay Area. And this lady called me Mr. Man. So thanks for that compliment she gave me back at the days. And she said that the mold has been broken after. Um, okay. Well, if this is really the case, it might be interesting to carve a new mold uh, with some old new values, some ethics, some integrity, and bring in some, some values and write about that. And let's say maybe also the necessary work. Uh, how could such a trajectory uh, look like? What, so, uh, what will be the, the old world. values uh, that you would like to bring uh, sharing your books? Integrity, integrity, ethics, uh, um, a word, uh, a man, a word, uh, you know, becoming, uh, coming from, a, let's say, uh, 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 a child that is pure uh, to becoming uh, more a grown up, uh, a knight, be uh, become uh, getting into kind of a, a king. Uh, if we talk about, let's say, the concept of archetypes, um, to have really a, a path uh, to grow. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Totally. Totally. I, I totally uh, agree and support, uh, I would say, the word authenticity. It's something I, you know, bring a lot in the this podcast, authenticity and genuinity. Okay. Because... Uh, especially with social media, which there's nothing wrong about social media. The only problem is that when you use, uh, let social media use you and not the other way around, uh, people cannot see the other for what they really are. There are a lot of facades, okay? A lot of masks. Sure. And uh, it's really hard, I think, to find uh, mentors, teachers, people that are genuine, and, you know, they can really give you, I would say, good values, like integrity, as you said. So I think that the authenticity is people, uh, is something that people want to see in a book. They are really like looking for it, especially like right now. There's so much information. There's so many courses, so many so-called mentors. But sure. Who is real? Who is not? This is pe what people are looking for. This is what I believe. I mean, but but this is also let's say I think part of our challenge of our uh, let's say journey because also all, along the way, uh, you know, I, I met great people. I meet maybe even met people or even teachers who were not so great after all. You know, because at the very end they're also human. Yeah. And um, the, the the whole question that is, let's say, do we fall in a trap? Uh, you know, do you dissociate at one point in time? Uh, do you fall into, let's say, a sect or let's say follow a guru that uh, has kind of weird ideas? Uh, I think at the very end, it becomes really finding yourself authentic uh, truth and self in yourself, uh, pulling away the onions, the layers around them, you know, the protective shield that's around, you know, there's these punishers, they're, they're the, the providers, they're the shielding mechanism, 
that, let's say, uh, to the outside world, just projects a kind of a strategic self. Whereas at the very end, uh, in in the in in the inner core, there's an authentic self. This inner voice that you need to foster, need to develop, and that's what I meant by coming from a pure child, more in a knighthood, in a in 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 a, in a kingly kind of approach, uh, to to grow and make sure this this voice, which is always there, is uh, is nurtured and and is able able to grow. Huh? And I totally agree. And uh, let's connect uh, the your um, I would say future goals of writing a book. Uh, okay, we have still ten minutes according to Zoom, so we're gonna be fast. Two more questions. One is uh, so we talk about your coaching experience. Uh, you're certified. You did it in French. That you had many experiences all around the world, but you also value authenticity and integrity. So I want to bring all these things that we talk about into the music part of you the guitar especially about you which is i think i feel i still really even though i cannot touch you i can still feel it's your inner core can we connect that and then i'm gonna ask you a final question to wrap up everything all right so if you look into the whole music element i mean i've told you let's say through my history at the beginning uh of of our session um that music was always there for me, you know. I mean, as a, as a young kid, the voice, then then the guitar. Um, at the very end, if you look into the world, everything is energy. We are energy as well, and so is music. You know, there is a frequency. There are multiple frequencies. There's harmony. There or dissonance. I mean, look at the forms of crystals in water. If you uh, let's say uh, put uh, music to that, there will be forms that can be shaped, right? They can be ugly or beautiful, beautiful. And by the way, uh, as human beings, we are mostly water. So uh, imagine what the music is creating with us. You know, if we, we see that, let's say, uh, under a microscope, what music can do. Um, so music can be really healing and it has always been for me. Uh, music has become my, call it every day way of meditation. Um, a teacher of mine once said, uh, there's contemplation on the one side, there's meditation on the other. So in, contempla in contemplation, you focus on a particular item, aiming to find variations, the essence, the beauty in it. In meditation, you want to increase, he said, the, the pauses between your thoughts. So there's there are empty spaces. So interesting enough for me, music is both. Huh? So when I focus my attention on sounds, on chords, on harmony, on phrasing, this is first contemplation. And then, then you start to simply play. You're in the flow. There's nothing else than music. The chatter in, in your head is gone, in my head is gone, and the stress is disappearing. So it's this kind of, let's say, finding a nice and wonderful balance. This is a way for me always to cope with stress, with anxieties, with uh, everyday stress. Um, but at the very end, um, and this is the other interesting element, um, I've never been a rock star, never wanted to be a rock star. So there is no need for me to go on a stage and to be in front of a big crowd. Uh, I feel myself as a musician first, not a performer. By the way, in contrast to a lot of, let's say, of the nowadays music business. Um, and, and as a kid, I was rather a shy, a sensitive guy. I was lacking self-confidence. But going on stage is playing music for people in front of 10 or even later uh, thousands of people has really helped me grow and grow also confidence in myself huh? uh, so stand my ground speak my voice sing my voice 
uh, dealing with on the spot with mistakes that are happening on 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 stage when when you play and uh, on the one side being a rhythm guitar player where you're a team player and on the other side playing lead guitar where you're a leader so as a consequence also here is again finding balance you know and being part of something and sometimes to shine out so music has always been a very very important part of my life and uh, as I said it's my every uh, day way of meditation awesome Okay, listen, one more question. We have five minutes. Uh, sure. This is also an advice. Imagine this is a, an advice you were going to give to someone. How could someone use music to reconnect with his or her inner child? Well, music is or was for me a way to connect it doesn't necessarily mean this has to be the way for someone else you know there might be art there might be other creative outlets where you feel that same or similar sensation right at the very end it's about finding your inner true voice you know what really makes you smile what what really makes you happy and this will give you the answers the answers will not be on the out in the outside world so This voice might be hidden, it might be buried, it might be protected away, shielding, control mechanisms. This is the strategic self, the authentic self underneath. underneath this needs to be nourished and fostered. And um, the music or playing an instrument is a wonderful way to, let's say, getting into, yes, there are technical elements. You need to play an instrument. You need to push the right, let's say, strings at the, at the right fret. So there are technical elements to that as well. But at, at the same time, it's about also expressing emotions. It's if you're composing, it's let's say writing a story, you know, writing a story uh, in, in a musical uh, uh, language. And uh, this is helping really to, to get in touch with your own emotions. At least it was for me or it's still for me. Yeah, I agree. So as a consequence, uh, uh, to speak in the context again from archetypes, uh, finding the inner child but not staying on the inner child growing with a pure heart into the next stages of maturity of becoming a well a, a spiritual being in a human form perfect that's exactly what i wanted to hear i think you you perfectly made your point and also you know music especially when you listen to a specific music connected to a certain part of your childhood where you were happy So when you listen, again, it triggers a certain emotion. And rather than suppress it, people should leave it. Leave it and feel the moment. Leave it, feel the moment. Okay? Even though still have three minutes, I want to just say one more thing. I, I used to be a musician, as you can see, you know, from the background. I used to be a violin Uh, I used to play the violin for like seven years. And despite not having played the instrument for more than 20 years, uh, it's part of me. It's part of me. I love the violin. And uh, I am a, uh, I wouldn't consider myself an expert. I, I don't know who the singer is in that particular song, but I know what music is, what makes mm -hmm. me alive. You know, I have, uh, you know, 
three different, you know, headset of Bose because I love to feel the music in its purest <laughs> form, and I do enjoy listening to yeah. good music, man. It's life. It's uh, really like uh, it makes you vibrate your body to at the highest frequency, the frequency of the universe. But even more, let's say, this is at least my experience, but not only consuming music but being actually able and developing your own capability to express yourself through music and with music and also with the musical like this brings it to a still at least for me to a different level you know yeah. this is where i can sit down and just be with myself i said i don't need the stage uh i really i'm happy here um to just sit here enjoy the moment and be in the moment and or even in the practice room with people with, with in a band context, let's say just be part of something and let's say develop, let's say a certain um, a, a, a sense of uh, cohesiveness, a sense of oneness, a sense of communication, listen to the other and responding. Um, and this is different to consuming music, at yeah. least as I said for me. Yeah, I agree. Let's wrap up. Thank you so much, Jürgen, for sharing your wonderful insights. And thank you all our listeners and watchers uh, be sharing this fantastic episodes on the different platforms, as always. And thank you for uh, so much for listening. Have a wonderful uh, day. And thank you again, Jürgen, for your time. Namaste, everyone. Namaste. Thanks for having had me.